Hey guys, welcome back to Needles, Hooks, and Dirty Looks Podcast. I'm Brittany. I'm Sarah. And this is episode 38, Booked My First Craft Fair. Now what? Oh, and how exciting too. I know. That is a very exciting time, but it is also, I don't know, I feel like it can also be overwhelming if you've not done one yourself or at least been to one with someone else. Um, you know what you do to fix that? You go what? find a fried vegetable vendor. <laughs> I know. Or Italian sausage. Oh my gosh, yes. Because with craft fairs, usually comes problems. delicious food. <laughs> yes. Or if you're Sarah and I, uh, we typically eat our profits in fair food <laughs> when we go to events because it's like 9 o'clock and it's already smelling so good. Yes. And that's why... I always say you want to take a partner with you, too, because then that way someone can watch the booth while the other one is standing in the food line for the both of us. Genius. Genius. <laughs> um, so we actually had uh, some listeners reach out to us uh, last week. Shout out to Ashley at the Heirloom Nook. Um, first of all, go find their page. They've got beautiful crochet work that uh, also two besties living their best life are doing. Um, but you can find them on social at the Heirloom Nook. Uh, But they reached out to us and said, hey, how do you prepare to have a successful craft show or craft fair or festival, booth space, whatever you want to have it? Um, So I don't know that we've got the exact answers to be successful, but we've had a lot of trial and error and what has not been successful for us. And I think that's really helped us kind of learn along the way. Right. Um, So I don't know. We're going to touch on some different ideas and ways to kind of keep things simplified um, and just to help get yourself ready because the worst thing is going into it and not feeling prepared I've definitely done that Um, and it's just a crappy feeling because then you get there and you see everybody else's booth looking really nice and then you're like dang it here's all my stuff on my table Um, so that I think is probably the biggest one we'll start there (laughs) before you don't want to look like a yard sale Yes, but real quick, can we just rewind real quick about the not being prepared? Because my, oh my gosh, biggest yes. failure always is forgetting to get change from the bank. Oh, good call. It's always, always, always. I'm like, sorry, I can't. I don't have any change right now, so it's gonna come back later. And that, and so many times that's how I've had to be like, sorry, I don't have any change. So you want to come back later? And then it's like, then hopefully, you know, my first few customers give me exact change and some people some people like they take pity on you and they're like oh hang on just a second do you want me to give you a 10 ones instead of a 10 I'm like if you can yes (laughs) it's just so ridiculous but I would say my probably first couple years of doing craft fairs a good 90% of the time I forgot to go to the bank to get change Yes. Well, and the struggle is real, I think, too, because nowadays a lot of people don't even carry cash at all. So you definitely want to get like a square (laughs) reader or something else. Like you definitely want to be able to accept cards, because if you think about anybody probably younger than us, uh, they're not going to have cash. Right. Um, So, you know, also get prepared ahead of time. The square readers are free. They will literally Mm -hmm. just send you one. Um, yes they will charge a fee though so build that into your price of your of your stuff 
Yes, and it's what, like a percentage? Yes, like percent or something, I think. Also be prepared for a location to not have cell phone service for your Square or PayPal or what have you to be working because um, when I did Hippie Fest, that's like Hawking Hills. Hills. Yep. There's no service, and the lady who was next to our booth, um, a couple years ago, what was it like 2019, 2018, something like that? Um, she was having a fit because she did most of her sales with credit cards, and there was no service, so she kept losing sales. And it's like, well, what do you want them to do? You know, like. Right. You know, you're going to be in the middle of, what is it, the Appalachian Mountains or something? Yeah. BFE. Right. So it's like, you knew you weren't going to have service. And there's no electricity there either. So that was a big thing, too. Like, they shut it down at 6 every night so that everybody could clear out of there before the sun went down. Was it an Amish festival? Or no, you said it was Hippie Fest. Never mind. It's far from Amish. (laughs) Um, Yes. But... Okay, so come prepared with change mm-hmm. and or a credit card reader and or a hotspot yeah. um, based on where you're going to be. Yeah. But as far as your actual space goes, back to this yard sale situation. Yeah. You and I were talking about it, and I think it's a really good point to bring up because if for anybody that's new starting out, like you may not have a lot of different things, but you're going to need to get crafty. You're a craft fair, so it shouldn't be hard. But you just don't want to leave everything laying flat on a table. Right. And think about how you like to shop. I mean, as a person I like to shop, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to just flip through a whole bunch of stuff laying on a table. Right. And there's all kinds of ways that are inexpensive that it can be done. You can get the little crates. Um, Walmart has crates. Um, Joanne's my about any craft store has the little wooden crates. The one year that you and I did Lucasville, I didn't have any crates. You know what I did? I took some Amazon boxes, wrapped them with a decorative, not like a Christmassy wrapping paper. It was like a brown paper bag style wrapping paper. Yeah. Wrapped those bad boys up and used them to prop my stuff up on. Yes. And that good point too. Um, cardboard, you can make all kinds of stuff with cardboard. Like you said, you could maybe glue on some burlap or something to kind of dress it up depending on what look you're going for. Um, mannequins, anything that looks three-dimensional. Um, I know there's a lot of people who will make, um, like a frame out of wood and then put like chicken wire on it and clothespins and hang things up that way. Oh, that's cute. Little, like little things. Yeah, that's cute. I think too, like color schemes or items you're bringing you don't want to have or bring first of all you don't want to have to cart around a slew of stuff we've also done that before we (laughs) hijacked my kids radio flyer wagon and had to wagoneer some stuff all through the place but like I don't know if you know if hats are your thing or ear warmers cool make a few variations of those but like I I'm really slow so here I am talking as if I would have enough time to even make variations of things I'm really slow but 
like you are not slow, but I know that when we've done stuff together and done festivals or shows, you don't have uh, 60 different articles. You might have hats, ear warmers, blankets. Mm-hmm. Usually you keep it, I would say five or less as far as what types of items. Yeah. Because again, you don't want it to be so overwhelming. Right. That, that it's hard to shop through. Um, now if, I don't know what kind of craft fair anybody's going to, but if you have any way to pick who your neighbors are, might we suggest getting a neighboring booth that sells firearms? (laughs) I feel like that's the most foot traffic we ever had. Yeah. Yeah. We had a booth one year and these guys next to us were swapping firearms and fishing poles and tackle. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, literally the second day, they didn't even show back up because they had sold everything they had. Right. Um, so, I mean, obviously, I know you can't really pick a lot of times your booth, but, you know, if, if you do have a way to pick or ask if there's anybody else that's there that's going to be doing what you do. We went one year, uh, I don't know, there were about 10 different paparazzi jewelry booths at the same place. Yeah. I I feel like that happens a lot with direct sales. And not that I'm knocking direct sales at all, because you and I have both done direct sales. Oh, for sure. Multiple times. So, I mean, that you do you if that's what you like to do. I'm not, you know, downplaying that at all. But, um, yes, I feel like with direct sales, a lot of times the promoters of the festival or fair art show or whatever it is that you're doing, um, don't care they just want their booth money and Mm. so then you have a saturation (laughs) of the same kind of thing um but like to piggyback off of what you're saying about the um when we were next to the gun um booths that was that was so great for us because while the husbands were looking at the guns and fishing poles and things their wives were shopping our booth yes which i wouldn't have had the foresight to think that because honestly when we were unpacking our stuff i was like oh great we're in here with these dudes and no one's gonna be in here looking at our stuff enough i couldn't have been more wrong on that yeah it was surprisingly a good fit um I don't know. I was kind of surprised by that, too, to be honest. But, I mean, was it worked the, out really well. Was that the same year that the barbecue sauce guy was trying to swindle us out of our booth? And the same <laughs> year that the Avon lady put a hex on me? <laughs> yes. yes. Because I didn't buy that chapstick? <laughs> yes. I I thought so. I couldn't remember. But that just crossed my mind, that guy with the barbecue sauce, man. So if you take nothing away from this episode other than hearing all these fun sidebars we have about the people <laughs> at the craft fair, go to the craft fair just because it's a really good people watching scene too. Yes. Um, the Avon lady, the booth people next to her said she stunk. I don't know. You would think that if you sold Avon, yeah, you might be hygienic. I don't know. But I know she wanted like $3 for one tube of chapstick and I wasn't doing it. And then the rest of the craft show... She just stared through us as if her eyes were like laser beams burning a light through my soul. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure she was hexing us. Yes. And I think, 
too, if you take away nothing else from the craft fair, it's a fun time to people watch. Even if you don't sell anything. Believe it or not, there have been craft shows and things. I feel like primarily it's always like the school events that I never make any money at. But if you take away nothing else, the experience of the people watching to me is well worth the booth space. Oh, a hundred percent. I a hundred percent agree with that. <laughs> there are so many times that I'm like, I would absolutely buy a booth just so I can pop up my just buy a booth, and put our watch. chairs up, and eat popcorn, watching everyone go by. <laughs> yes. Do you know how much if that I would make everybody they... angry that wanted that space? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. That one year was so weird. They were like, "Okay, well, if you're not going to take the space for the next year, will you stop up there and tell them so we could get the space?" <laughs> yeah. uh, no, we will not. Actually. Yes. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Something else I saw, um, is a good tip. Price everything. Do not just put, yep. um, a tag up that says three for 10 and assume people are going to know which items are three for 10 because here's right. what happens. You might have your table and your stuff laid out and organized really nicely. And then Joe Schmo comes up picks up one of everything you've got, puts it back in different places. Nothing's where it goes. Tag everything. Yes. And nothing is more awkward as a consumer than having to ask someone how much something is. Right. Because I feel like not that not that, not that like I'm hard up on money or anything, but I always feel like it's awkward to ask somebody how much something is and whether you can afford it or you think it's way overpriced or whatever. Like sometimes I feel rude by putting something back because maybe it's something that I feel like is maybe like a $5 item, but they're wanting 30 or something. And I'm like, Oh, geez, no, it's cute. It's not that cute. Right. But I feel like if, if people can peruse at their own leisure and then also when you're having conversations with other customers in the booth and getting to know people, you also, it's awkward for the consumer also to like interrupt you and say, hi, excuse me. Can you let me know what the price is on this? Like, or if you're busy, they may walk away and then you miss out on that sale because you didn't have it marked. Right. Exactly. Yes. Always, always put prices on things and you can always negotiate if someone's like oh, i don't know i mean that's fine a sale is a sale as long as you're right. making money on it as far as i'm concerned but um yeah i mean you can always leave room for negotiation i wouldn't just say it's a no-go if they decide i mean unless they're it. trying to negotiate like Two handcrafted baby blanket and matching hat sets and thinking they were $6. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. And my prices were on them. <laughs> I don't understand the problem. I know. Uh, well, that's people are just weird. Because wasn't just, that the same year that that girl kept coming up and being like, I'm having a baby. And I don't have no. anything for it yet. That was the, that was the following year. The oh, okay. It was the following year. Yes, I don't. Here's another thing too: know your audience. <laughs> yes, like, because some places, 
some places you're going to want to have more lower price items because I would say that the people there are there for a bargain. They're there looking for the more garage sale type stuff. They're hunting for a bargain. They are not lower price points. Yeah. They are not looking for your $260 Afghan. That is not what they came here for. So that is a hard lesson that I had learned too, because I felt like everybody should have known how much time and money and effort and everything I put into these things and should appreciate it for that. That's not everybody. A lot of people don't care. And sometimes they're like, um, no, I can go get someone's old grandma's Afghan that they took the goodwill that didn't sell in the estate sale or whatever for two fifty. <laughs> you know? So sometimes at certain places they're they are there for the thrill of finding the bargains and digging through the um, garage sale type stuff and maybe some old antiques that they're looking to maybe buy and resell or what have you. But so things like that, the smaller items, like maybe um, a crocheted keychain or a uh, little trinket or something is going to sell a lot better because that might be something somebody just picks up on their way by and they're like, oh, it's only five bucks or whatever. Here you go. But they're not there for the expensive stuff or the stuff that you spend a lot of time making. And if you don't have thick skin, a lot of the things that people say can be hurtful because they don't know what you put into it. And sometimes they'll look at it and they're like, oh my goodness, $150? No way. And you're like, that was six months of my life. Right. And you're like, oh, okay. So those hours of me staying up until 2 a.m., right, for six months to work on that means nothing. But to them, it doesn't mean anything. To them, it's the final product. And what purpose is it going to serve them? So that's something you have to keep in mind also. I feel a little like that about about knitted stuff. I saw a post the other day, and it really irked me. Because, one, I don't think crochet is better than knitting or knitting is better than crochet like to me they're all personal handcrafted items that are really unique and I think that they're all great but I saw a crochet group kind of throw some shade at the knitters no (laughs) and it was like a meme or something that said anytime you see anything that is crocheted it cannot be done by a machine so know that that's been done by hand there are knitting machines so if you see something knitted it's hard to tell if somebody just busted that out in 20 seconds through a machine or not. And I disagree. You can tell when something is machine knit. Yeah. Um, but again, like to me, I was like, how dare you? But as a consumer, <laughs> you know, when you go to the grocery store and you find a knitted hat and mittens for $9, I want to throw up because first of all, that would take me like a year to make. Yeah. And then like, I know the yarn was more than $9, so... Well, we've discussed before, too, like, sometimes I am concerned about how ethically made some of that stuff was also, like, where did it come from? Who was the participant that made it? Like, you know what I mean? Right. What were they paid for their... Right. This wasn't some eight-year-old in a sweatshop that busted this out, was it? Like, because we know what goes into it. And sometimes I think about that kind of stuff also, especially with Amazon products and things I see. Yes. Online and 
like you can tell that it's probably handmade or maybe not necessarily mass produced but sometimes I'm like yeah I don't I'm concerned (laughs) about who made that and why is it so cheap right but again you know like you said know your audience know what type of consumers you're dealing with and if nothing else make sure to take a notebook so you can make notes while you're there of like oh that booth is really cool we should do a this or a that next time um I know for me my first craft fair we did at the time I was working on making like bows bows and headbands I made everything by hand took a lot of time and effort to make them and then we got to the craft fair and there was a booth double the size of ours and you and I were splitting a booth uh double the size of our whole booth and this lady they weren't handmade so like of course I'm like yeah but she just bought them she bought bows in bulk and had a whole freaking I mean hundreds of bows hundreds of bows yeah I maybe had like 30 or 40 she had hundreds but you know mine were handmade so it was a little bit different although I made notes like she had these spinning racks that were really cool so like if nothing else it'll help you prepare for your next show whatever Mm -hmm. you're learning from this one so and that's a big thing too yes and if they have a Facebook page or something go on there take the time look at the past Um, years pictures and people's comments and did anyone post on there that they really enjoyed somebody's booth what were they selling what were they doing um there's nothing wrong with doing a little scoping out and research not to say that it's your competition necessarily because you could be selling completely different products but definitely know your know your audience and what to take if it's a seasonal craft fair say a christmas bazaar or something um, you're probably going to want to take maybe some Christmas stockings or hats or something like that. Um, that is not items that you probably want to take to an outdoor craft fair in July in the sweltering heat, because I can tell you not a soul there is going to be interested in your hats. <laughs> I know that right. from experience. <laughs> I took a bunch of hats to Hippie Fest and I have a lot of compliments on them and a lot of people are like, oh, that's really cute. I really like that. But nobody bought any of them because the last thing they wanted on a 93 degree humid day was to be walking around with a hat, discussing hats, looking at hats. They wanted nothing to do with hats. So, but I'll tell you what did sell, washcloths and things like that. So, um, that's something to think about also, like what time of year is it another festival that i really want to do is here in ohio there's a skunk fest random right i don't i have no idea are you sure that's not a marijuana party no it's not okay it's like people with pet skunks and stuff like it's no yes and they have a facebook page and they were accepting craft vendors and i only know this because on one of the craft fair facebook pages that i follow they were on there one time looking for craft vendors and i was like a craft vendor for what and i was like oh my gosh crocheting skunks or skunk merchandise i feel like is completely untapped market (laughs) although as much as you hate black yarn yeah i know i mean but could you craft up a Pepe Le Pew? I don't Could they be psychedelic looking skunks? Like maybe I don't even need to use black yarn. 
This is a tie-dye skunk. I feel like I could go completely unhinged on this. Skunks are the worst while we're there. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. I guess I always pictured, you know, usually you get them in the spring or smell them in the spring. We had a baseball game tonight. Our last game, shout out (coughs) champions of the world. So our listeners have now heard us win. This is our third championship season. Nice. Um, So coach, coach Jeff here killing it in the championships probably won't ask him back to coach next year because they don't all want to keep losing oh but we have a game tonight <laughs> like oh what happened um not just because they're scared they don't want none oh. but we had a game tonight and like we're sitting there and i'm like oh man and then jeff's mom's like is that a skunk I'm like man i don't but it just kept getting worse like i mean by the end of the game it was like you could taste that thing oh no it's horrendous and i'm just not even sure like why skunk why just stop my house smelled like a skunk for weeks and i remember we talked about that on the podcast when it happened and some of our listeners did give us um some good tips to get the skunk smell off the dogs but that was heinous (laughs) just awful yeah i I don't even want to say it out loud. I've not ever had a pet get sprayed. Um, so I'm really fortunate in that aspect. But I will never forget when mom was sick uh, and we were staying there. My my younger sister was asleep on the couch and it was like four in the morning. But mom had a, like a doggy door for their dogs. She'd come in and out all night long, just do her thing. Yep, got sprayed. Came in the doggy door, ran through the house, and jumped right up on the couch where Jen oh, was sleeping. No. Her hair, her pillow, her blankets, her oh my gosh, it was horrid. Oh man. Um, yep, it was pretty, pretty darn rough to be honest. But you know, a good story to tell us nothing else. <laughs> yeah, so I'm not sure. I, I mean, I don't I just don't know that I could bring myself to go to a skunk festival. I don't I'm I'm really intrigued. I don't know. I don't know. I might, I might look into it. I don't know. Where's it at in Ohio? I don't remember. I'll look it up. I'll send it to you. Okay. Well, bit. yeah. Um, because honestly, like, I just want to check it out. If nothing else, like, it sounds fun. Even if I don't have like a craft fair or a craft booth, I mean, there. Um, I just feel like the walking around and you know. People watching. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know, like, what are skunk people like? Like, oh, if we have any listeners on here that have skunks or you participate in any kind of skunk, I don't, raising of any kind, <laughs> let us know because I'm bringing those really, skunks up right. I'm so interested. Like, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. And why Ohio of all places? it's just very interesting it is, that is know. weird i mean it's not like it's the state animal of ohio right i mean i just yeah i don't know about that um speaking of festivals yeah i'm gonna throw a dirty look of the week out here okay i'm not gonna name her name because i've been trying to be better about not literally calling people <laughs> out on our podcast but <laughs> She how she who shall not be named. Um, but the holiday shopaganza lady. We were so gung-ho about doing our shopaganza 
Yeah. And the, she sent me the initial email to which I sent all of the questions back and said, can you send the invoice through PayPal so I can pay you? And I didn't hear back from her until last week. And well, that was like three months ago. So she's yeah. getting her dirty look of the week because if you're going to run a craft fair or shopaganza or I don't know what have you, you need to be a communicator that at least responds to your potential vendors. Right. And it makes me wonder how organized is the event when we're not here's, even getting invoices out. Here's what I think the deal was. I think that they were very hesitant to make a commitment because COVID Right. So until they knew, like, are we going to be able to have this or not? She did nothing. But you know what she could have done? Replied and said, hey, I've got you down. I'm not going to take your money yet until we know when it gets closer. If we're going to be able to do it, I'll follow up. But she didn't. She instead gave me crickets of nothingness. You know, I have a, well, it's not technically a craft fair, but like it's a tractor show that I did for years. Up until, well, 2019 was the last year that I did it. Um, Last year, they didn't have it um, because of COVID, I assume. But last year, supposedly, they the tractor show people said, we're not running it anymore. We're hiring, like, a private venue company or whatever is going to handle all this for us. We'll get some of your information. They'll send you an application. I was like, okay, cool. So I put myself on the list or sent them an email or whatever. Assumed I was on the list. They never sent me anything. So I didn't fret about it or anything this year or last year. Sent it again this year. Never got a response. So my dad goes out there and he's like, hey, are you out here selling anything? Because we're here and we don't see your booth. And I was like, no. I never received anything. I was like, are there craft vendors there? He's like, yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh. They never told me. So I was so like, I I should say I was angry, but I was like, why? Like, you know what I mean? Like, how did I get missed? And what are they paying that company to manage? I'm using my Eric quotes. Uh, Yeah. That when they're clearly not managing it. Right. You can't even get back to people, let alone run the thing. Right. So, and it's not like it was a a big one that I did because it wasn't, I mean, I would sell things there, um, but definitely not one of my big ones. But it was still always fun because it was local and all the people that went through there, like, you knew and could talk to and all that. So it was not, like, awkward or anything. I'll tell you, though. Um, 2019, the last year that I did it, this guy kept coming by my booth. Um, my sister did it with me and her friend. And I don't, he kept calling us princesses and cupcakes and like would make these weird comments. That was, um, like, yeah, I bet your parents bought your first car for you and stuff. Yeah. First of all, no, they did not. And then he tried to say that the three of us never worked a day in our life. And like I'm telling you right now, I almost put hands on the man. <laughs> what a weirdo! I know. I was like, "What are you doing around there?" So then Eric came in the afternoon. And I was telling him about it. And he was like, "Who said that?" And so I was like, "That guy over there." And um, because the guy didn't have a booth or anything, as far as I know, he just walked around all day. 
Um, but he was in our our building the whole time and I was like, I don't know like is if he's just trying to get attention or trying to get a conversation or what is happening, but like psychopath. <laughs> I just Yeah, that's a terrible out. approach. Right. And I'm like, yeah, I certainly don't have time for this and a and to go through the last twenty years of my life and how I've had you know my first job since I was 14 and you know what I mean my parents didn't buy my car and blah 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 like I just I don't know like I just feel like clearly you've never worked a day in your life (laughs) right I just feel like he was I don't know just trying to ruffle feathers or something I don't know I don't don't be like that. If you're one of those people, don't be like that. <laughs> I don't know what that's about. And if you're trying to like be flirty toward women, yeah, no. Just no, don't. that's the We're here for the people watching in the crafts. Way. Like, get out of here, weirdo. <laughs> right. Uh trying to offend my work ethic is not the way to do it, sir. Sorry. But right. you know, I don't like does that make people feel good about themselves? Like if they try to talk down to people, because I'll tell you right now, I'll work circles around him. Like he doesn't even want to try. Right. I just don't know. But yeah, that dude left a bad taste in my mouth. But that was the last time that I did a festival there. Um, and then for whatever reason they didn't put me on the list for me to come back. So I don't know. Now I'm like, did he complain on me to somebody? right is this a subtle hint Uh, I set him straight that I do have an employment history like I just don't even know that's so bizarre strange (laughs) I don't understand yeah it. it really is um I would still like us to find a something to do for Christmas craft fair or something I don't know although I say that but then the other half of me is like Brittany it's already the other half of October and it takes you like two weeks to knit one hat so here's always um, my problem when it comes to the holiday stuff it's our family has to do separate holidays for freaking everything so trying to schedule three different Thanksgivings and Christmases and that kind of stuff is like this literally every weekend of my life from through Christmas and we just now talked like Jeff and I were talking because, again, baseball ended tonight. Cheers over after our last game this weekend. And then we get a short little stint before basketball starts. But, like, I feel like this whole football and baseball season, we've literally just been, like, just trying to just stay afloat. Like, it's okay. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll get it this weekend. But then we've got baseball and then we've got football and then we've got practice and then he's got practice and then there's another game. And then I'm like, and, yep, we'll get it. So I am looking forward to maybe just having some weekend space open to, like, get stuff done. Yeah, well, and we were talking, well, we were talking, what, last podcast or podcast before, something about me taking off Thursday and Friday from work of this week. Because it's like, what weekend? (laughs) You know what I mean? What weekend? I just got really sad and, and really jealous. I forgot that tomorrow's your Friday. It is. Um, man that's depressing and then I have to be back in the office the week after that and I was thinking today like what time do I set my alarm clock for like when do I need to leave the house oh my gosh and you're off Friday (laughs) and I'm asking you to come into the office Friday afternoon on your day off no that's ridiculous no I am well I'll probably come in on Thursday actually because I got some running around and some errands to do on Thursday 
anyway. Oh, but I, yeah, okay. Well, anywho, it's really exciting to have some days off, though, for you. Yeah, that's what, that's what, that's what I mean, I've got some errands to run on Thursday. Um, but aside from that, it's like, I just need a couple days because weekends, like what weekends? I mean, even though my kids don't do sports, just real life mom talk here it's like okay but the house still needs cleaned and food still needs prepped groceries need shopped for right bills spreadsheet and budget spreadsheet needs worked for the next week (laughs) you know there's just no time for relaxing right so yeah, it's terrible. I do get a nap on Saturdays and Sundays because my husband says I'm really cranky if I don't get a nap. So even if I didn't want a nap, like he'd be like, you're taking a nap because come about 2.30 or 3 o'clock, I'm really grumpy. That's hilarious. <laughs> but I mean, it could also be because you also stay up really late. That's true. I mean, yeah. on any given night, I'm like, like right now, I'm like, whew, I, I, I just 10 already? Holy cow. I don't know. I still have transcripts to do tonight. Oh man. But nope. again, again though, uh per the tractor show gentlemen, I'm unemployed. <laughs> yes. Probably living off of his dime, you know. <laughs> Probably while I chase my crochet dreams. Oh my gosh. Around the craft it. fair circuit across the US. But man, what kind of life would that be though? Uh, it would be a nice one. Just get an R V and just go from look i'm not sure why but we've been trying to get an rv for like the last (laughs) 10 years and not even just for this everything we do we're like look (laughs) just get us a camper we'll hit the road for everything we work send us a train give us a camper i feel like a caged animal like there's so much more (laughs) for me to do out there oh my gosh that's in rural ohio yes it's okay this is home i don't i don't mind to be but just every once in a while, I would like to branch out and be purposeful. One day. One day that's, is coming. That's what I've been trying to talk to Lucas about, too, because we go on walks every afternoon um, during his it's PE, technically, because he <laughs> do some sort of exercise and we have to log it on his thing. Um, but so we take a walk around the neighborhood um, during lunch and that's one thing that I keep trying to impress upon him because he he wants to be the first millionaire in the family and that's great. But it's a really I want, good goal. Right. But I want him to have a purposeful life and find something that is meaningful to him because there's also nothing worse than doing something that has no meaning, no value. And then you get to be 50, 60 years old and you look back on your life and you're like, what did I actually accomplish except for making a bunch of big bucks for company whatever or you know what I mean so it's like right I just I want him to have meaning in his life and not that I don't have meaning in my life but I just feel like I wasted a lot of years on things that I probably shouldn't have and knowing if I knew then what I know now things would have been different Uh, for sure hindsight is always 2020 yes if only we knew then what we know now about craft fairs. <laughs> I know. I know. We wouldn't have all these horror stories to tell you. But that's, um, that's what makes them fun, though. Okay. The craft show, people. We need an update um, 
on anyone doing craft shows coming up. It's going to be craft show season. So any of our listeners doing craft shows, please update us. Please tell us the stories and the um, people watching that you did. I live for that. Yes. And again, <laughs> shout out in. to the Heirloom Nook. Yes. I really appreciate you having some questions for us because yes. it made us have a really fun time uh, preparing for this episode. Yeah. But we would love to hear back from you guys, too. Let us know when this craft fair is, how it goes, what worked, what didn't work. We seriously would love your feedback. What did you eat while you were there? I care Were there fried vegetables? (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But you can look our friends up. Like I said, you can find them on social at the Heirloom Nook. Or you can find us. You can let us know how it went. We are on Insta or Facebook at NeedlesHooksDL. Or uh, you can email us. It is spelled all the way out. Needles, hooks, and dirty looks at gmail.com. Um, or let us know what we should talk about next week. Because, again, we had a lot of fun with this one. Knowing mm-hmm. that someone is listening and wanting to specifically have some answers to some questions made it really fun for us. So, yeah, any topics that you want to throw at us, send bring them it. our way. Yep. Reach out. Send us a message. Hit us up with a DM. Send us pictures of what you're working on. We just seriously love our fans and listeners and interacting with you guys. So, again, reach out to us at NeedlesHooksDL or NeedlesHooksAndDirtyLooks at gmail.com. And otherwise, we will be back next week. Yes. Bye. Bye.